Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Style That Finds Us podcast. We are excited to have Maggie Palmer, who is the founder of Pep Talk Her, on our show today. We look forward to speaking with Maggie about her company, her career, the gender pay gap, and how we can eliminate it, imposter syndrome, confidence, and so much more. Thank you, Maggie, for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. What a treat to speak to y'all. I'm excited. I know. And we have the accents going in full force. (laughs) (laughs) We do. We do. Yeah. Well, I'm Aussie, which probably your listeners can tell from the way that I sound. Uh, (laughs) But I've been in New York City for, what is it, six years now? So, but still fairly strong accent, they tell me. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It will never go away. Hopefully (laughs) it's so lovely and soothing. So will you start by telling us what is Pep Talk Her? Yeah, so Pep Talker is, I guess it's a community. It's a business now, but it really started as a community. And the mission of Pep Talker is to close the gender pay gap because it kind of sucks. And I'll tell you about my story a little later, but I had an experience back when I was a journalist um, of pay inequality and I was so annoyed uh, and I got pretty angry about it. And then I decided I need to channel that anger into action. And so built the community, started talking about pay and money and conversations like that with with groups of women that I knew. And then long story short, we built an app. Um, So we have a free app that you can download on the Apple or Android stores. And it's kind of like a Fitbit, except it's for your career. So it helps you to track your career success. Or sometimes I tell people it's like a period tracker, but instead (laughs) of tracking your cycle, it it tracks how well you're doing at work. That's great. Which is so important and something that I did not do in my career and I wish that I had known to do. I think that's such a valuable thing to bring to the conversation when you're having your annual review. It's time to do promotions and things like that. Well, a lot of us don't, right? Because, you know, if if you, you know, go to college or university or whatever, you know, you sort of get trained in accounting or in law or in, you know, communications or journalism like I did. They sort of, they teach you those sort of skills, but no one ever taught me about negotiation. No one ever taught me about office politics or building relationships with sponsors or, you know, people that could promote you. I didn't know that stuff. So you sort of figure it out as you go. And I just kind of thought like, there's got to be a better way, right? And it's so valuable. It adds so much to your confidence, but also importantly to your paycheck if you can navigate those things well. It's so important. I know there, I feel like there's so many things about school that really should be oh, re-looked yeah. at. Right. Like financial education. We could do a whole podcast on that as well, couldn't we? I know. I know they now have, you know, courses you can take and how to be an influence and everything. So hopefully they have courses about how to negotiate, you know, the really important things, how to negotiate and, you know, do all the things that, uh, because it's the same thing with fashion designers, you know, they get out of school and they know how to design a piece, but they do not have any idea how to run a business. So there are. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, and it's to your point, it's like, you know, I didn't negotiate my first pay packet. Mm -hmm. Like when I got offered a job as a journalist, I was so excited And I just said, yes. And you know what? Here's the statistic. If you don't negotiate your very first pay packet, like I did not, I didn't know that I was supposed to, but because of that, statistically, I'm going to retire with about half a million dollars less than my colleagues who did. Cause you know, let's say your starting salaries, I don't know, like, well, I think mine, I think it was, this is so embarrassing. My first salary, I think it was like Mm -hmm. $28,000. Even if I'd been able to get it up to like 32,000. 
you know, like that extra $4,000 would compound with time and my retirement benefits, you know, it all adds up. So these are important conversations. They really, really are. Mm -hmm. I I know. And I always know that I'm shooting myself in the foot that I'm not like investing. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think probably so many women don't have a portfolio because they don't Mm -hmm. know how to do it. And I know that we are really screwing ourselves up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we know, again, like if you look at, you know, one of the reasons that I care about the gender pay gap is, yes, it's nice to earn more money and, yes, it sucks that it's unfair and unequal, but also where I'm from in Australia, the fastest growing group of homelessness is women over the age of 55. And it's scary, right? And a big part of that is because we we not only earn less than men, on average, you know, 15 or 20% less we're earning, than the blokes, but it's not just that. We're also retiring with less because mm-hmm. our 401k yeah. or our retirement yeah. benefits are less too. And that means that it's scary as we get older. And so I get really excited about the prospect of folks earning more money because it's cool for right now, but it also means that it changes your your financial future as well. Right, which is really important. And especially when you're young, it's hard to imagine that that's, you know, that that's something you need to worry about now. Exactly. But it is, you know, and it's like they always say like the best time, you know, it's kind of like the best time to plant a tree was yesterday, but the next best time is today or tomorrow. And it's, it's kind of the same thing with investing. You know, I didn't, I had to, this is so embarrassing, actually. One of my, I didn't start investing until maybe I was like 25, 26. And I had to ring one of my college guy friends, one of my old roommates, when I Mm -hmm. moved out of college, moved off campus, moved into a share house. I lived with him and a bunch of mates. And he was always tinkering away on the share market. And I was always like, you're a nerd. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Coming to the pub, you know, and like more for me because he was like trading and learning. And so he actually helped me and he really taught me how to get started. And it's okay if you only have $50 and you can start. And if you start now and keep going with consistency, actually in the long run, it's going to make a huge difference. So, yeah, I mean, there's some amazing folks um, in this space um, Chloe Bar Money is amazing. Millennial in Debt is amazing. Your Rich BFF, Viv, uh, she's on TikTok. Some of your listeners will know her. I would recommend following all of them on social media. They're friends of mine who are huge influencers in this space and doing amazing work around the financial independence piece too. So, but you know, mm-hmm. the way to start investing is to earn more money, which is I know what we want to talk about today. So that's the first yeah. step is to let's get y'all who are listening, let's get you paid more money. And then you could do really fun stuff with it, right? You can travel, you can invest, you can, you know, work with stylists, whatever you want to do, but it's then your Mm -hmm. choice, you know, because you have the capacity to do that. Yes. And it really alleviates so much stress too. I mean, you know, when you're worried about paying your rent and things like that, it's hard to concentrate on much of, you know, anything else. Yeah, because it's, it's, yeah, and anxiety and stress is not great. And I remember my dad said to me when I was just telling him I wanted to become a journalist, he's like, are you sure? I don't think there's any money in journalism. And I mean, maybe he was right, but I was like, you know, dad, yeah. you do what you love. The money will come. And I was like, money's not everything, dad. Cause I think I was like 20. Exactly. And he's like, no, it's not everything, but it makes life easier. And I think that's right. right. It's, it's not everything, but it, it does make life easier and it gives you choice, which for yes. me is a good thing. Yes. I completely agree with that. So Maggie, will you take us back to that moment when you were in your career and that moment when you figured out the (laughs) inequity and all of that? 
Yeah, so I was a journalist. So I spent 15 years as a journalist in Australia and then abroad uh, at the BBC in London and CNBC and places like that reporting and telling stories from around the world. And I remember one day I found out quite by accident through a male colleague actually who, who off the record told me, he told me that my pain conditions were super different to the guys that I worked alongside. And I just was kind of like, what? Surely not. I just thought that everyone got treated equally because I was pretty naive then. Um, so I had a conversation because I was raised, if you see something, you say something, you know, and uh, I was like, oh, they'll just fix it, right? Like they'll just, that's not fair. <laughs> they'll fix it. And they didn't, you know, and honestly their response kind of upset me. Um, they basically said, if you don't like it, why don't you quit? Or why don't you take us to court? Um <laughs> I know. And it has been illegal for a very long time to pay folks differently because of their gender. And yet we know that that happens every day because the only way to prove that is firstly to get the evidence. And then secondly, you have to be willing to get a lawyer and or go to court. Right. And so most of these cases are never uncovered and they're certainly never held to account. And so one of the pieces of advice I would have for your audience is to make sure that you talk about money. You know, if you do nothing else after this podcast, I would love for you to, after you've, you've listened to this episode, listen the whole way through and then jump on the phone with your best mate or your mom or your auntie or your cousin or your work BFF and just say, hey, like one of my resolutions this year is to earn more money and to start investing. And I, I was wondering, would, would you be cool if we started talking to each other about, about our salary and about money and finances? Because actually talking about money and saying the dollars and cents out loud is very powerful because it gives you education, it gives you knowledge, and then it then allows you to realize, oh my gosh, there's other people that are earning more than me. There's folks that are earning less than me. And it just it just opens up your eyes to possibility, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we don't talk about it, we'll never know, right? We'll think that whatever's happening to us is normal. But actually, you'll find that potentially other people are in the same boat, or maybe people will say to you, like, oh my gosh, Delia, you're worth way more than that. Or you know, oh, when I was your age, I was earning this. Why don't you talk to my friend at this company? I know they pay way better. You know, you just never know until you start mm-hmm. having these conversations. Yeah, that's brilliant advice. That really is. I know, especially females from the South are taught to never talk about money. It's right. grass. Right, right. Exactly. And it's taboo, isn't it, for a lot of us? It might so. But you have to get comfortable doing it. And that's that's what you're talking about. You know, rather than even, yes, you need to talk to some a professional about, you know, like a someone who actually is an investor or whatever. Yeah. But more importantly, just learning to talk about it first with someone that's sort of in a safe space for you. I think that's that's a great first step that a lot of people don't think about. So they get so anxious about, I don't even know how to talk about it with a professional. Yeah. Professor. How do I right. begin? You don't want to sound stupid. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, in my family, like you, you weren't really supposed to talk about religion, politics or money. Exactly. And, and certainly not SEX. So, you know, um, it's kind of, it's, it's, we're having to undo a lot of those patterns because what yeah. happens is, you know, we know one in two marriages ends in divorce, unfortunately. And what that means is, is that, you know, potentially your circumstances now look one way, it's possible that in future they might look different. They might not. And I hope that, that if, if that's not what you want, I hope that, that, that it stays the same, but it, it might be out of your control. And so, if that would have happened to you, I just want to make sure that you're in a position where you know what's going on, you know, you know how to have these conversations yourself, you know the right questions to ask. And if you don't, you know some people that you can call who can help you. You know, I, I listened to a podcast recently with Reese Witherspoon, 
a podcast she did with Adam Grant and she was talking about, you know, she's obviously met, built a hugely successful business. And she said one of the, the, the keys to her success is that she's happy to ask questions. And mm-hmm. she's like, I don't care if I don't know as much as people in the room, I will ask the questions to understand it. And so, you know, if you're in a relationship and maybe you don't have visibility over the finances, it's okay to ask the question. It's okay to go to the accounting meetings. It's okay to um, attend seminars on investing. It's okay to join the Pep Talk Her community, which is free, by the way, and download download our pay raise cheat sheet um, and start to learn how can you have these conversations about your salary. You might not need to earn any more money in inverted commas. Like it might be fine how much you're earning right now, but what if you could earn an extra $10,000 a year? Mm-hmm. Or what if you could put $20,000 extra onto your paycheck? What would that mean? you know, um, and you might have a very comfortable life now, but you know, what, what else could you do with that money? Could you invest it? Could you gift it? Could you angel invest? Could you, you know, one of my students, she just got a $60,000 pay increase and she's put in a pool for her kids, you know? And Mm -hmm. so that's creating new memories for her family. They didn't need the extra money. They had a great life, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's, it's made a shift for them. Right. Um, and, and sometimes it's about memories or another, another one of my students, I think she's earning like $28,000 extra. She just paid off her mom's car loan. So, you know, it's, you know, I don't care what you do with the money, but if you, if you right. can be earning more, I would love for you to take that money because I believe that when there's money in the hands of women, really powerful, amazing things happen in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know the money's out there, so it might as well be you. Exactly. I love that. Exactly. That's what I keep telling myself. And sometimes the problem is if you're in a relationship and you ask about the finances, they say, oh, yeah, I'll put that together. And then they just hope that you'll forget and they never bring it to your attention. So what are you supposed to do about that? 100 percent. And if that's no, absolutely. And if that's happening to you, yeah, because some people, you know, and everyone's family is different. And again, sometimes people have been socialized. And I'm going to use the example of if of a heterosexual relationship here. But you know, if you're in a if you're in a relationship, say if it was me and if if my husband grew up in a very traditional family, perhaps in, in his upbringing it wasn't appropriate for right. the female partner to be involved in investment discussions. And so sometimes when we're charting a new normal. And we're trying to create new standards and new expectations. It's not always easy, right? No. It's not easy, um, but it's important. I think as well, especially for the next generation to see. Like I, um, I have a ten-month-old baby now, and it's it's interesting um, the things that I think about now to make sure that I role model for him as well, and I want to role model for him to see that both my partner and I are both involved in household tasks. We're both involved right. in talking to the accountant, even little things like driving the car, for example. So mm-hmm. one of my best friends, she has three kids and her daughter who's six said to her the other day, um, Malia said to her, she said, Oh, mommy, um, did you know that only daddies can drive cars? Oh, and my wow. friend said, what? And she goes, yeah, yeah only, only daddies drive. Um, Mummies can't drive cars. And <laughs> It was because she'd never seen her mum drive, right? And it was just because, like, her husband really likes driving and it's just kind of what they do as a couple. It's not not a big deal. But she hadn't even thought about the impact that the next, that that was actually having on her kids who subconsciously absorb everything. Right. Right. And so, yeah, yeah. isn't it fascinating? Yes, because, like, when you think about your parents, certainly my my generation, but especially my parents, my mother never drove, especially at night. She would, there wasn't even a, 
she didn't want to drive at night. You know, it was always Daddy got in the driver's seat. You know, we were in the back seat. Mom was in the passenger seat. So that's totally. oh, that kind of shows what we're up against almost, you know, changing yeah. these serious uh, paradigms. That some of them we don't even know where they're there yet. Totally. And it's not, you know, she's not a bad human. And her husband wasn't <laughs> saying, always let me drive. You're a bad driver. It wasn't that at all. It was just like, oh, yeah, that's just, it was just a habit. And, you know, when we think about um, gender discrimination and the bias that exists in the world, you know, a lot of it is not intentional. Like, like, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily believe that, um, that, that it is a conscious decision in most organizations to pay women less. I think in some cases it is, but in in general terms, it's unconscious. And so what happens is because we've seen signals from a very young age as children, Mm -hmm. we were given certain signals for better or worse in the media in our families, in society, that's what we've come to accept as normal. And so when we're trying to shift that to a world where we feel is going to be more equal, where I feel it will be more equal when men and women are paid fairly and are treated fairly, um, it's not going to happen overnight, right? And it's going to take time. Um, But it's being aware of those little tiny signals, like the driving of the car, like the dealing with the finances, you know, like the access to the joint bank accounts. It's asking the question and it's, it's not always enough. It's not always a comfortable conversation. Mm-mm. You know, it's, it's not always, and it's certainly not always an easy conversation depending on, you know, depending on your partner, depending on your circumstances. Um, and certainly, you know, I know we've had students in the pep talker community before who, you know, were laid off. And so their partners potentially became the primary breadwinners. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there can be, there can be challenges around that as well. But I do think, you know, if you want to have, autonomy if you want to have control of your future the reality is you need money to do that whatever that looks like for you Mm -hmm. better or worse you need to have control and access and awareness of money and finances and so I think it's crucial actually um, that these are conversations that you have and you can have them in a safe space and you can raise it in a way that's non-confrontational that's just like this is really important to me and I would really love your support to find a way for us to make this work so that it feels good for you and it feels fair and, um, you know, equitable for me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, potentially you might want to have a mediator, you know, in some families it might be easier to have a mediator involved in that conversation, you know, but I, I do think that it's very, very important. That makes a great point. Cause sometimes I think that there was never even an idea that maybe the wife would want to join, you know, that was like the hard stuff. So she didn't need to be involved, but then, how you have the conversation that actually you want to be involved and then, you know, how to get acceptance from like the accountant and yeah. the husband. Cause a lot of times the accountant too, just mm-hmm. because what he's used to, you know, totally. you know, Oh, your, your little business or whatever it is compared to like the main business in the family and things like that. So it's tough, but like you said, you, I think practicing too, maybe even just practicing, even before you speak to, you know, your spouse or your partner, you can kind of, how it's going to go over in the beginning and, Mm -hmm. and how you can maybe navigate those waters to get what you want without it being too painful, Yes, which is not the norm. No, it's not. But also it's like, if you're married, you know, they could die and that happens. And so if Mm -hmm. you just let them take charge of everything and you know, nothing, then you're really screwed. Right. Truly. And, you know, I I mean, listen, if you are married in most states and most countries, the assets probably will flow to you depending on the structure, but that can take an extra six to 12 months if you're not aware of it. Whereas if you have access, if you have, 
you know, cosign, if you have the passwords, you can sort of sort it out in a matter of weeks rather than a protracted long process. So that's such a great point from a practical perspective too. Mm -hmm. And again, it's not just about you, it's about your kids. It's about what if your partner's um, incapacitated medically and you need extra money to buy special drugs or therapy or hospital care. You have to be able to act quickly, you know, so say nothing about the quality of it all. It's also on a practical level. Mm-hmm. It makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I think the other thing is having open conversations about prenups as well. Like yeah. if you're entering into a marriage, okay, um, if there's finances on both sides, what would that look like? Again, no one likes to think about that. And I hope that that is not the case for most for most of us. But but the reality is statistically it, it may be. And so if you're aware of what that looks like ahead of time, you can protect yourself whatever that looks like, you know? So just having really open conversations about that, I think is just so, so important. Yeah. And I would say if you have a partner that says, oh, I'll get that to you, but they don't and they keep putting it off, you need to try harder because there's a reason why they're, there's something that maybe they don't want you to know that's right. going on. Because if they've died or whatever the situation is, they could also leave you in debt with yes. no finance in right. a, a terrible place. So right. and you had no idea. Exactly. Or their gambling yeah. problem or whatever it is that you read in books and <laughs> movies and things. Right. That and actually- yeah, and if you feel like something's dodgy and if something doesn't feel right, it probably isn't, you know? Exactly. And so I would say like, you know, so get get the support you need from your friends, your family, you know, folks around you. Because you just de- you deserve to be treated as an equal partner. You know, you really do. And finances is a huge part of our life, whether we like it or not, whether we identify as a capitalist or not, it's a huge part of our life. You know, if you want to drink a coffee, you need money. If you want to put a roof over your head, it's just a reality, you know? Um, You know, I think about one of my girlfriends, she, um, her partner sold a company for an extraordinary amount of money. And so she's actually finding that very uncomfortable. She's actually come into a lot of wealth and philanthropy is now going to be a big part of their lives. Um, But she's really struggling with what that looks like and how she's treated differently to, to her partner because, you know, he was the one that sold the company. So they're, they're hard conversations to navigate, but it's important to have this out in the open because the alternative is resentment. You know, um, and I, I don't think that that's healthy necessarily either. No, it's not. And if you feel like you are in a bad place, like you're not getting the conversations or the answers you deserve, go to the strongest person, you know, and say, what am I to do? And then they will help you to say, yeah out of it or whatever it is that you need to do. Totally. And I think, you know, again, here's what you can control. You can control what you are earning. That is in your control. So whether you have a salary, whether you have your own business, whatever that looks like, whether you're investing money, like you can control um, your rates. You can control what you command in the workplace. You have the ability to start to look for other work. If you're not being treated fairly from a compensation perspective, you have Mm -hmm. the ability to ask the question. You know, and we talk about this a lot at Pep Talker, like you have to ask the question. If you right. never ask for a pay raise, you know, it's it's not really fair to get annoyed that you're not being offered one. Because I always say to people, like, your boss is busy. They have other staff. They have children right. potentially. They might be going through a divorce. They might be quite sick. We don't know what's happening in their life. And so it's really up to you to make it really easy for them to see the impact that you're making at work, which is what the Pep Talker app is designed to do to help you track those successes. And it's your responsibility to go to them at least once a year and say, here's all the amazing things that I've done. Here's how I've contributed to the business. And here's what I think fair compensation looks like for me going forward. 
you know, or here's the new role that I would love to be considered for because my skills and expertise have really positioned me at a higher level by this point. You know, mm-hmm. like you have the capacity to have that conversation. Um, and and practicing, to your point earlier, practicing those conversations in a safe space ahead of time is so powerful as well. Mm-hmm. So how bad is the gender pay gap? So it depends on which country you're looking at and how you're calculating it. But it, it's in, in the United States, it's really remained not much better year on year for the past 20 years. So it's mm-hmm. almost 20%. So what that means is that on average, the male friends that you know are probably earning about 20% more than you are on average, right? Mm-hmm. And so that sucks. Uh, and to put it in perspective, if you're earning $100,000, it means that uh, your male colleagues in comparable comparable roles on average are probably earning $20,000 more than you. Mm-hmm. So not ideal, but again, we can extrapolate that out to say that also in retirement, that means that that figure is going to be significantly smaller for you. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's really important to maximize your capacity to earn more money now um, so that that retirement benefit has the ability to, to compound and so that you have more money in your pocket now to do whatever you want to do with it, right? It's not ideal. And I will say that that gap is even worse for women of color much, much worse. So they're earning even less again. So, I mean, it's pretty shocking that that's still the case in 2023, isn't it? Mm-hmm. There's so many shocking things. What were you going to say? <laughs> About 2023. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So now this is a laughable question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Okay. Do you think we are close to achieving workplace equity in terms of equal pay? <laughs> How long is it going to take? How do we get from Maggie? What are we supposed to do? I know we heard well, like two years if we stay on this path. Right. That's exactly right. So the United Nations is hypothesizing that we're looking at one to 200 years before <laughs> we get to the point. I know it's laughable, right? Um, right. And I think one thing, you know, that's important in all of this conversation is to say, like, it's not our fault. Like, it's not our fault. Mm-hmm. It's not our fault that we're socialized in the way that we are. It's not our fault that we're treated this way. Um intentionally or subconsciously by companies, employers, and bosses, um, the gender pay gap is a societal issue, right? And it's it's come about after hundreds and hundreds of years of, of the mistreatment of women and people who've been marginalized, right? And so, unfortunately, it looks like we're going to be looking at a, at a long time before we see true equality. Will we ever get there? I hope so. I don't, I don't know, but um, I hope that we will. But, you know, the reason that I started Pep Talker was to try and get there a little bit sooner, was to see what could we all do? Not that we should have to, but mm-hmm. rather than sitting around and just kind of being like, oh, well, I just, I guess I'll just wait 200 years. Like, what could you do? You listening at home or at work or on your commute today, what can you do to move the needle in your situation? You know, and what you can do is have that conversation with a friend about money. What you can do is put a calendar note in your, your um, phone right now to recur every year and just call it pay raise conversation. And I want you to talk about pay with your boss or your clients or whatever that may be at least once a year. And your rates need to be going up once a year, whether it's your salary or your freelance fees, they have to go up because inflation goes up. You know, it costs more money to drink wine this year than it did last year. It costs more money to buy eggs this year than it did last year. So you have to be charging more money. Otherwise you're sliding backwards. Right. And so I want you to be going forwards, you know? Um, And it's, 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 you know, I, I think the other thing is to is to say that like you're also worth more. 
Like uh-huh. there's 60,000 people in the pet talker community. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard the most amazing, capable women say, oh, but like, I don't know, I just do this. And I, I, it's not a big deal. I just do this. And meanwhile, they're like doing all these amazing engineering projects or they're like fighting these huge legal battles in courts. So they're, they're doing extraordinary work. Right. And they don't even think it's that awesome. And I sit there and I listen to them and I go, uh, you're kind of amazing. Are you kidding me? You are absolutely <laughs> worth more money. You know, and I reckon that that probably applies to most of our listeners today. You are absolutely worth more, you know, and you have to believe that first. Right. Because people pay the price that we put on ourselves. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. A lot of people uh, from my generation that, you know, they take care of the home, The you know, they're the, that part of the partnership in their marriage. So they feel like, you know, they're not going to work. So maybe it's not equal pay, you know, but they deserve just as much work because the other spouse couldn't do what they were doing if they didn't have, you know, a partnership with someone taking care of all the other things that have to be taken care of. So that's a hard thing for some women to internalize, unfortunately. Totally. And, you know, I've got a 10 month old um, at home now. And can I just say, like, I couldn't, I couldn't do my job at Pep Talker if I didn't have the support of our amazing nanny and my amazing partner. Like, and also, by the way, I feel like my nanny's job is much harder than my job is, you know, like <laughs> oh, yeah. in my mind, it's like, yes, he's a pleasure, but he, the kids are hard work. Like, you know, yeah. I, I don't think it should be diminished as a, as an easy job. It's hard. It's so hard, yeah. you know? So we should value that, you know? So whatever you're doing, you're absolutely, you're absolutely worth it. And just really understanding and being at peace with yourself and understanding that you do have value and you are contributing in your way, whether that's in the workplace, in your family life, what right. in your community, you know, that, that has a value. It, it really does. And I think, yeah. you know, one of the things is it's really important is to firstly remember that. And then also remember like the way that you interact with other people is really important too. Like the boundaries you put in place, or the boundaries you don't put in place often dictate the way people will continue to treat you going forward. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the other things we talk a lot about at Pep Talk Her is like being really kind and loving in setting boundaries as well so that, you know, you can feel um, respected for the work that you are doing. Right. You can be powerful, but you can also be kind. It doesn't, it's not, uh, you know, exclusive. One doesn't replace the other one. How can our audience support you? in lessening the gender pay gap? Well, I think the best thing that everyone listening today can do is, as I say, have that conversation about money. You can download the Pep Talker app today because (laughs) one of the things that we know when we think about our mindset as it relates to money and our career is that our brains are hardwired for negativity, right? Mm -hmm. So our brains kind of like being glass half empty. So we actually have to fight against that. So, you know, sometimes something bad will happen at work and you're like, oh gosh, I can't believe I sent that email to that client with the wrong paragraph or the wrong number or the wrong spelling. I'm such an idiot. Why would I do that? Oh my gosh. And we spiral and we spiral, we spiral. We might feel like an imposter. We might feel like we didn't deserve that promotion and just becomes a real disaster. But what you've probably already forgotten at that point is the fact that you got amazing feedback from your boss yesterday. You threw an amazing event for your client that week and you closed an amazing deal at work the fault that the previous week. So we right. forget all the positive things that we do and our brains like to focus on the negative. And so we actually have to work quite hard 
to rewire our brains. And the reason that we built the Pet Talker app and the reason that it's free is because I want you to be hardwired for the positive. So I want you to write down when you get positive feedback from your boss. I want you to write down when you have a really successful event or a meeting that you led or a presentation that you did that goes really well. I want you to track that and write that down, right? I want that to be part of your practice. And the Pep Talker app makes that really easy to do. And you then start to build up a dossier of achievements. So if you reflect once a week for the year, if you reflect once a week for the year on a success that you've had at work, at the end of the year, you're going to have like 40 or 50 epic things that you've written down that you can take into your pay review conversation. You can take into your performance conversation to say to your boss, listen, look at all these epic things that I did. Of course, you should promote me. Of course, you should pay me more. Of course, you should give me that opportunity to go to London or be transferred to Asia or whatever the case may be. You need to have data to really illustrate your worth and your your value to the workplace. And we try to make that really easy for folks. And if you know, if you're noticing that you're struggling to kind of identify that value and worth that you bring to the workplace, uh, which I'm sure you bring, and I'm sure your best friends think that you bring as well, but sometimes it's hard for us to remember that. Uh, Mm -hmm. We actually worked with our behavioral psychologist on our team to build this amazing free five-day challenge, which y'all are all welcome to join. Um, If you just go to peptalkher.com forward slash challenge, you can sign up and it's totally free. And I run live coaching for five days to support you. It's called the five day know your worth challenge. And our goal at the end of the five days is to help you figure out a way to earn an extra $5,000 in a year. And that's just the starting point. And then from there, we kind of grow it and grow it from there. So yeah, I mean, that's one simple thing that you can commit to doing today is Mm -hmm. downloading the app or joining the challenge. And yeah, let's, let's make it a priority this year to kind of really own your worth, know your value and let's get you paid more money. Yeah, that's awesome. And the thing about that too, we're not even comfortable saying out loud some of the, you know, I was really fabulous at leading that, you know, that meeting or Mm -hmm. I scored really big on this. So like just putting it into an app is the first step of getting comfortable and also reminding yourself of these things. And when you look back, you know, it's, it, I feel like it builds your confidence along with the other you know, more obvious uh, purpose of, of using it at the end of the year and things like that for your review. But as you're, right. as you're doing, you're going along doing it, it get, becomes easier and easier. And you're, you know, you're building up your confidence. Well, it is. And it's like a muscle, right? Like confidence is like a muscle, right. you know, like I'm a bit out of practice at the gym because of the, I'm, oh, I'm going to use the baby as an excuse. It's not an excuse, but I'm yeah. going to use that. But it's like, if I want to get back into it, like I'm a, I'm a Pilates girl, right? If I want to get back into Pilates, I'm, I'm not going to be perfect when I go back for my first session. I'm going to have to practice. It's a muscle. I'm going to have to like go as a ritual, you know, multiple times a week. And then maybe after three months, I'll feel a little stronger. Maybe after six months, I'll start to see abdominal muscles again or whatever. Like it takes, it takes time to build that muscle back. And it's the same thing when we think about our mind and our mindset as it pertains to confidence and self-worth as well. It's, it's not going to, this podcast, unfortunately, is not a quick fix. This is something that you need to continually practice and work on. And that's, that's why I built the pep talk community so that it is uh, a weekly practice, you know, and it just becomes just something that you do is reflect on the positives at least once a week. Mm -hmm. 
That's a great <laughs> exercise and activity. One time I was listening to a podcast and my mind was blown because they were talking about how your superpower, it comes very naturally to you, your strengths. And so you feel like, oh, well, that only took me 30 minutes. So putting value on your superpowers and your strengths can be very hard because you're like, well, this is nothing. This took me no time at all. But not other other people cannot do that. Right. So, it might take them four hours if they could ever achieve yeah. So oh my gosh, that's so true. Like for y'all, I know that for you two, and this is how we met, like I know for you, it's so easy to throw together an amazing outfit, right? Like that's very easy for you. That's not easy for everyone, you know? Right. Like it's not a skill that everyone is born with. Like it's a lot harder for me to figure out what to wear than it is for you, right? And then I have different strengths and skills to what you right. have. And, and that's exactly. what, right. that's my yeah. zone of genius and that's your zone of genius. And that's the whole point, right? And I think- the longer you get in your career, you realize actually not everything has to be hard. It's okay to double down on what you love and what comes quote unquote easily for you because it still has value for other people, even though for you, it feels like a joy and a pleasure to sort of complete those tasks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really a good point. too. Yeah. Getting your head around that, like an artist or something like, oh, this painting took me one hour to do, but so, you know, how do you charge for your your strengths? Kind of get the time aspect out of it and think about Right. The value that you're giving to someone else. Yeah. Probably. Okay. It's about the value, not the, not the time necessarily. Exactly. Yes. It's just kind of reframing that thought process. Any salary negotiation tips, Maggie? Oh my gosh. I mean, we need another three hours for this. Um, so I think the most important thing, so let's say any of your listeners are going into a conversation about money this week. First of all, I want you to get the cheat sheet because it's going to give you some really fun scripts that you can use that are easy Mm. and that feel natural. So you can download that. It'll be in the show notes, but it's also peptalkher.com forward slash pay me more. So peptalkher.com slash pay me more. Check that out. It's totally free. And then the other thing I want you to think about is having three numbers in your head. So I don't want you ever to walk into a negotiation without these numbers. And that that's the same if it's a car that you're buying, if it's a house that you're buying, if it's a salary that you're asking for, you need to know your wish, your want, and your walk. So Mm -hmm. it's the wish, want, walk figure, right? So the wish number is you're like, oh, my goodness, I cannot believe I could ever get paid that amount of money. So if you don't know where to start with that number, think about what you earn right now, and then I want you to add sales tax at least, if not more, right? So it needs to be a number that you're like, oh, I can't really say that out loud with feeling uncomfortable, right? So that's your wish number. Then your want number is the amount of money where you're like, you know what, that's actually really fair. And I'm actually super happy to jump out of bed and work hard for that amount of money. I think that that's a reasonable compensation figure. So that's your want number. And then your walk number, that's the number where you're drawing a line in the sand. And you know, you're just like, you know what, like, Definitely not. Like this is not valuing me. It's not respectful of my time, my experience, my expertise. I'm not going to take that offer. So you either say no to the job offer, or if you're in a if you're in a job and the the number that they offer you is just sort of frankly embarrassing to you, then you start to look for another job. I'm not saying you have to quit on the spot, but you basically make up your mind that okay, they're not going to respect me or value me where I need to be valued here. It's time for me to start looking elsewhere, and so. Being clear on those numbers is really helpful because it means that a lot of the mental gymnastics you've done beforehand, because what often happens is we walk into a negotiation and someone says a number and we get flustered and we go, oh, oh okay. Yep. 
yep, and we don't actually stop to think about it, you mm-hmm. know, and it's really valuable to do that thinking ahead of time. And then also, you know, never be afraid to buy yourself time. It's okay for you to say, thank you so much. Let me take a think about it and I'll come back to you tomorrow. Or this is a great offer. I really appreciate this number. Um, I'm going to sit with this and then I'll um, I'll circle back on email. It's totally fine to do that. It's not rude. It's not offensive. Chances are it's not going to be life or death if you don't say yes or no in that exact moment. It's okay to buy yourself some time. Whether you buy yourself an hour or a week, it's totally fine. Wonderful advice. So tell us where can people find you and what's coming next? Yes. Well, listen, I'm on social media, shock horror. I'm sure you all are too. So say hi. It's Pep Talk Her, P-E-P-T-A-L-K-H-E-R, Pep Talk Her uh, on Instagram, TikTok, et cetera, et cetera. So yes, say hi. Let me know that you listen to this podcast. Um, And then I'd love to know what you've learned from our conversation today. Um, And if we can do anything to help you, don't be a stranger. Like, please reach out. You know, the whole purpose of Pep Talker is to create an impact, you know, and if we can help one of you have a conversation about pay, then that's a win in my book. Uh, So yeah, check out the app. It's totally free. I'm on social media. Say hi, Maggie Palmer. And in terms of what's next, watch this space. We've got some fun stuff coming up this year, actually. We we do a lot. Um, we run a course for our community that we launch twice a year. If anyone's really looking to step up in terms of a promotion or a pay raise this year. Um, so that's launching um, soon. So keep an eye out for that. There's a free five-day challenge, the Know Your Worth Challenge. That's free too, peptalko.com forward slash challenge, where I personally do the live coaching every day for five days. So there to support you with all your questions there as well. And then, yeah, we do a lot of work in-house with um, Fortune 100 companies supporting their professional women as well. Um, so companies, big companies like PwC and Salesforce who really want to close the leadership gap as well in their business. And so they bring us in to kind of work with their mm-hmm. with their senior talent, which we really love. So we've got some really fun projects coming up this year. So, uh, yeah, watch this space. I'm excited. That's wonderful. Hmm. And then Maggie, one thing, since men are much more audacious sometimes in terms of money, do you Mm -hmm. think it'd be a good idea? Like if you were like, how much do you think that I should make or something like you ask the man, okay, how much would you ask for in this scenario? And then they'll probably say some number, $20,000 more or something. And you're like, okay, well, I'll go with that. Yeah. So I always, one of the things, here's a sneak peek behind the curtains, actually, um, in our paid course, the career level up course, one of the things we get people to do is connect with a with their ride or die trio, basically. So they identify three people in their life who have their back, who they love, trust, and respect, and who they can kind of connect with through the course of the program. And I always say to them, one of them should identify as a man because we know that on average men are getting paid more money. And so if you have a guy in your circle who can have a really honest conversation with you about cash, that's right. really powerful because listen, I hope that you talk to them and they're like, yeah, that sounds about right. That's what I was earning when I was in that role. I hope that's what happens, but it's also likely that they're like, no, please. When I was in that role, I was on 82,000 or I was on 140,000. You should be asking for way more. You know, it's just, it's just great to have perspective, you know, and to have those, to have those opportunities, to have those conversations. And again, it doesn't have to be combative. You know, I think there's a bit of a misconception that negotiation and salary conversations are aggressive and, you know, there's a winner and there's a loser. Actually, it's an exchange of value. You're just saying like, hey, here's here's what I've done. Here's how I've made an impact. 
I want to keep doing great work together. This is the number that would make me feel really valued and respected. Let's talk about it. And your boss might say, listen, Maggie, I think that sounds great. I'm going to need you to bring in three more clients and then we can talk about it. And then at least you're like, okay, now I know what I need to do, right? To get to that goal. So having these conversations gives you information and information is power because it allows you to make decisions from a place of knowledge rather than just from a place of fear or, you know, hypothesizing. So uh, the more conversations you can have about your salary, expectations, and what you should ask for, the better. Yes, it's so true. (laughs) Complicated, but this is great. This knowledge is power, and you're offering that to women, much of it for free, which is remarkable. So, Maggie, what do you think about in terms of, so like, for example, in my career, I was thinking about, oh, should I leave? Should I go somewhere else? So I would interview, I interviewed other places, and then I actually got some offers. And I came back and said, you know, I've been offered these other offers and their higher salaries and and things like that. So in terms of today's landscape, do you feel that people have to keep changing in order to grow their pay, changing jobs? Well, it's a great, it's a great question. I mean, listen, we know that folks who move jobs more often earn more money because Mm -hmm. typically when you change jobs, there's typically a bump up, right? Or maybe there's a signing bonus and a pay increase, et cetera. So in the long run, if if that's something that you're comfortable doing, if all you want to do is earn more money, then yes, changing jobs regularly is a great way to do that. But some people love staying at a company that they love, right? They might love their team and they might be really happy. And, you know, money doesn't solve for everything. If you love a job and if you love your team and you don't want to leave, and if, if money is important to you but it's not the end of the world, then, you know, I'm not saying you should you should leave just for the sake of it to earn more money. There's a way to have a conversation internally. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's not more money. Maybe it's high commission. Maybe it's... You know, we talk a lot about non-monetary benefits too. So extra annual leave, um, you know, paid professional development, stuff like that as well. So there's other ways to um, slice and dice, I suppose, your compensation package. But yes, if you're purely motivated by money, if that is your main focus, then again, statistically, we know that job hopping every few years is going to lead to a higher salary more more quickly for you. But you want to be strategic about it too, because then sometimes you get after 10 years and people are like, wow, they don't stay around for very long. So sometimes it can kind of work against you as well. So you've got to sort of find that balance of what works for you and your career too. Oh my gosh. Well, Maggie, you are a font of knowledge and advice. We loved mm-hmm. speaking with you today. Absolutely. This Thank has been awesome. Fun. I love what you're doing. and I'm so happy to reconnect in this space. I know that we met in New York all those years ago and it's just been so yeah. wonderful to watch your journey and I'm excited to stay in touch going forward too. Same, same. So everyone, we're going to link to Pep Talk Her and Maggie's social and website and all the things, the resources too. So thank you so much for tuning in and we can't wait to see you next time and continue the conversation with Maggie and Pep Talk Her. Thanks, you all. Take care. Thank you for tuning into this episode on the Style That Finds Us podcast. If you like this podcast, make sure to tell a friend and subscribe. You can be a part of growing with us. Also, do you know about our weekly newsletter? You'll get access to exclusive content in our newsletter that we don't post anywhere else. Our newsletter comes out every Tuesday with the exception of the third Thursday of the month for Allison's special Celebrating Life After 40 edition. Head to the bottom of the Style That Binds Us website to subscribe.